Well, I'm turning this morning to Proverbs 21. Once again, Proverbs 21. And our text will be verses 25 and 26. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. As we have been able to see throughout this study of Proverbs 21, uh, we have clearly been able to see how intensely practical uh, not only the book of Proverbs is for this life and for this world, but also for the life which is to come. Uh, It is a book that contains not only temporal things and temporal concerns, but also things of a spiritual nature. Uh, And this is one of those passages as well that we will see not only the temporal importance, the worldly importance of this, but the spiritual. Uh, Look with me at verse 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spare not. We are continually told throughout the scriptures, and particularly in the book of Proverbs and Proverbs 21, to be wary and to be concerned about pride. Uh, We've seen that illustrated a number of different times in this particular study of Proverbs 21, and this is another intensely practical warning dealing with the subject of laziness. It deals with the person indicated as the slothful. There is a sense in this text where if we were uh, looking at this, we could perhaps find some humor Um, I say that very cautiously uh, because there is a sense in which laziness is something that we might look upon someone else and we might find it humorous that that person is just lazy. But clearly that when we think about laziness and we think about what the Bible describes as being slothful, the Bible uses words depending upon your translation. One of the reasons why I like the translation I use, it uses not only the word slothful, but it uses the word sluggard as well. It, it has the intended tone to it, I believe. Someone who is not willing to work. Someone who is always looking for something. They want more, but they do not want to do the work that it requires. Uh, it is, in fact, the, the call of the day. Uh, People want something for nothing. Uh, You can see this in our society today very clearly. Uh, It is is like a disease that is sweeping over not only this nation but this world that laziness should be rewarded. Uh, That's contrary to Scripture. As a matter of fact, the Bible is not silent on the subject of laziness. It's actually very pointed and very direct about laziness is not to be named once even among the believers. Uh, Believers should not be lazy people. Believers should not be sloths, as they say. They should not be sluggards. But think about it today, even in our world, in our entertainment, there's almost a a humorous, there's almost a humorous uh, narrative that laziness is something that's funny. Or that it's something that you should aspire to. Again, I'm trying to be very careful today because I do not want to be irreverent. uh, But there is something that is being said that to spend all of your time in a basement somewhere 
playing video games is somehow something to aspire to and that there's nothing to be uh, not, not proud about, that there's not something desperately wrong with that mentality. There's something very wrong when laziness is your way of operating. Hands that can work, this is very careful here, hands that can work and do not work. And we're not talking about people who can't. We're talking about people who won't. We're talking about people who are described here in Proverbs 21 as having a desire. The word desire there in verse 25 refers to what a person wants, what they crave after. But notice it says about the lazy person, the slothful, that that desire is actually killing them. This is an amazing portion of Scripture. All of God's Word is. But this is amazing how the writer frames this. This laziness. It's the person who dreams big. It's the person who wants to have all the best. Wants to be the greatest. They desire, but they want to get it all without any labor. They want to get it without having to do any work. Now, the humor is not that it's funny. The humor lies in the fact that the very hands that refuse to get involved are the hands that are being directed by the heart's desire. In other words, a desire wants what it cannot get because its hands will not work. The desire for reality, the desire for dreaming up all that you can acquire, it is a malady in our society today. And it is spreading. The laziness in our nation is appalling. And it has led to a nation of spiritual apathy. People have gotten to the place where they're too lazy to even attend church anymore. They've gotten so lazy that they don't tend to their own needs of their soul. They're lazy in their devotion to God. They're lazy in their worship of God. Even their worship when they assemble at the place where the church gathers, their worship is lazy. As if God does not deserve our very, very best. You see, God expects us to work. And we understand, though, here that it says that the person who is lazy actually does not get but that person actually will find themselves wanting. I've entitled our study this morning, The Lack of a Lazy Person. The Lack of a Lazy Person. Verse 25 shows us the desire. The desire of a lazy person comes to nothing. In other words, the desire of the slothful kills him. His desire after the good things, maybe it's food, maybe it's raiment, maybe it is possessions, it may be riches. He cannot acquire those. He cannot get what he desires because he's unwilling to work for them. He frets, he's vexed by the fact that he cannot get them, and he spends his whole life trying to acquire, but he will not work. The writer here is saying that this desire of a lazy person will ultimately lead to that person's demise. Because what will happen is they will find and begin to invent ways to get it without working for it. I don't know how you all grew up. We have very different age groups here today. But that was something that was instilled in us very, very young. And we were given responsibilities. 
we were given work to do at a very young age where some in our society that is so easily offended would say, how can you make that child do any work? They're just a child. Which we're not talking about adult work, but we're talking about giving their hands something to do and teaching them there is really no place for laziness. That begins at a very young age. Proverbs is intensely practical because it's not something that we just wake up one day and say, I better get on this. Brethren, we, we better teach our young people and our children how not to be lazy at a very young age. You wonder why you've got 18 to 25 year olds laying around mom and dad's house. Because many of them were never ever forced to work. Because they said that's too hard on them. You're doing them a great disservice if you do not teach them to work. But you're also neglecting them spiritually. Because the Bible is very clear that laziness is also the result of being spiritually apathetic. It almost goes hand in hand. Show me a lazy person temporally, and I will show you a person who's lazy spiritually. They go together. They are not mutually exclusive. Apathy is killing an entire generation who simply says it's humorous to be lazy. It's humorous to be 18 to 25. Again, I'm not picking on the 18 to 25 because we've got 40-year-olds who are as lazy as the 18 to 25. We've got 60-year-olds who are lazy. They're lazy in world and they're lazy in spiritual matters. Now again, I'm not talking about those who cannot. I'm talking about those who can and won't. There's a tremendous difference in those things. So the person that has this desire but will not work will eventually turn to unlawful means to obtain that which his hands cannot acquire by working. Ultimately, it'll bring him to a shameful death. Now, this is not the first time the Proverbs mention this. In Proverbs 13.4, it says that the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. That word sluggard is defined, translated as a lazy and unfaithful person. But the soul of the diligent will be made fat, prosperous. Not the prosperity gospel, but will be prosperous spiritually and prosperous in all things, not just based upon finances, but something that is a spiritual blessedness. So the very desire of the lazy person is killing them. It comes to nothing. Back in our text, we see that, in, that the second half of verse 25 says, for his hands, notice this, refuse, refuse to labor. Again, I won't be too personal about this. I didn't have a choice. Now, sadly, parenting has turned into, I do not want to, I want to be my child's friend. Again, you are harming them deeply. I wasn't given the choice. Your hands, you have two of them. My father, my mother said you're going to use them and you're going to work with those hands what you can possibly do. Now we have parents who say, I don't want to violate my children's rights. Please explain that to me. Explain to me what you're doing. How is that violating 
Number one, is it actually rights that you're violating? These hands that refuse, this is a, a behavior that often is learned. They learn to be lazy. Now again, if we all allowed ourselves, everyone in this room, if you just simply allowed yourself to do what your heart and your body tells you a lot, you would end up laying around all the time. That's just the nature of who we are. The body groans, it aches, and it gets worse as you get older. And it gets harder and harder and harder. But again, notice the hands refuse. It's, to, it's the example here even in the workplace. When someone is ordered by a superior to do something and they just refuse. You know how many employers today are looking for employees and they can't keep them because they give them one job to do and they say, I'm out. That's the work ethic that's plaguing our society today. Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to do that. I thought I was just going to come here and collect a paycheck. It's laziness. It's absolute laziness. And yet, we just simply say, well, huh, there's some humor to that. No, there really isn't any humor to it. The reality here is, is he desires things, he wants things, but he is unwilling to do that which is necessary. To refuse means he does not bring his hands to do what he's told to do. Some say this is understood as even in the spiritual realm. We've been talking about seeking wisdom. We saw that the last couple of weeks, especially back in verses 21 through 23, and, and then about pride in 24. All these things, uh, sometimes the Proverbs come across as being disjointed thoughts. They really do form a common theme. We become lazy even in acquiring wisdom. Spiritual apathy, temporal Worldly apathy, they go hand in hand. You see, this lazy person has a powerful, this is interesting, one commentator put it this way, this lazy person has a powerfully working desire, but his hands refuse to do the work. It's kind of a paradox. He has a working desire because he wants, but he won't do it. That combination says it brings him ultimately to death. The lazy person is always daydreaming about what he or she wants, about everything that others have, and they start to grow covetous, which is where verse 26 comes in. Lazy people are often coveting people. People look around and they say, why can't I have what so-and-so have? And yet, the person that has is often a very hard-working person. You see, lazy people covet. Now again, so do prosperous. Coveting is a, is a difficult thing because we all have a sense of coveting after something in our heart. And yet, this individual looks at what he or she does not have, but still is not motivated enough to put their hands to work. They just keep on doing what they've been doing. There is no desire to put hands to the plow, if you will. So notice he very clearly shows us that there is this desire, but yet 
it leads to absolutely nothing. Now let's go on to verse 26. He coveteth greedily all the day long. Now, greed there can be defined as, of course, lusting after or coveting after with a sense of gaining. But it also has the meaning here of being unwilling to give. In other words, there is this desire that the lazy person has. And our second heading is the lazy person is greedy and gives nothing to others. It's an amazing thing. This person who doesn't have anything is unwilling to give anything to anybody. They have nothing to give. They're takers. We have a society filled with takers. The desire a handout more than putting their hands to work. It's a serious matter. We see that the word covet, of course, is one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. And yet we see that the lazy person covets greedily how long? All the day long. It never stops. They continue and continue and continue to covet after. He has nothing to occupy his time. The lazy man has nothing to do. He's unwilling to work. His thoughts are always, what can I get? What can I crave after? What do I, have, what do I not have that I want? He wants to live like other people, but he doesn't want to do the work that's required. You see, a desire without labor leads to covetousness. Now, none of us here today, we might, be, we might be divided on how big of a sin is laziness. But we would not be divided on whether or not coveting is a sin. And yet, the writer here connects the two. The lazy person covets. The lazy person has nothing to give. He thinks upon these things all day long. Greed and jealousy concerning who has and who doesn't have consume him and it's not even based on reality now we've used a lot of terms in our society over the last few years to kind of describe what's being <laughs> what's being uh, taught here it's become so bad that if you are a have not lazy person that the problem's not with you the problems with the people that have. And they, that work hard, should have to give you, the lazy person, what they work hard for. And if you don't, you should feel guilty because their laziness is your fault. That's our society in a nutshell today. Don't you dare have anything that you've worked for because you don't deserve to have that. No, it deserves to be given to your 40-year-old son who still lives in your basement playing video games. The reality is not because he's 40. The reality is because he's too lazy to put his hands to work. You see, that's the haves and the have-nots. That's the society we're in today. And it's, it's spiritually that way too. People say, why can't I have a, a relationship with the Lord like you have? Because you don't want to do anything towards that. Oh, that church doesn't give me what I want. Well, what are you doing to contribute to what you receive from the Word? 
It's the haves and the have-nots. But those things are not based on reality. Now notice he says that not only does he covet, he coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. Now we've got to be careful here because what he's not saying is he's not saying, well, it's a good thing that the righteous are there because the righteous people give un, without any reserve to the lazy. That's not what he's saying here at all. But what he's actually saying is that he's not giving to the lazy ones but they're giving out of their abundance. They're giving out of their prosperity. They're working for that, but then they're using that to diligently help somebody else. The Apostle Paul, to the, the letter to the Corinthians, makes mention of people giving of themselves, giving out of their deep poverty even, giving out of their abundance. They had a heart that was willing to give. You see, it's very clear that the righteous give not to the lazy, but he gives to the poor and the needy, to those who are worthy objects. Folks, I do believe that the church ought to be the most giving organization on the planet. It's something that has faltered in, in recent years. The church should be giving. They should be giving to those who justifiably are in need. See, a righteous man will work with his hands. He'll work for the temporal things so that he can take care of his family, take care of himself. How, could a, how can a father or a husband who is capable of taking care of his families just neglect them because he's lazy? How can he look across the table at, at children that don't have anything and the problem is, is because his hands, he refuses to work with them. And he teaches his children that the problem isn't me, kids. The problem is society that won't reward my laziness. Everything we do, parents, we're teaching our kids something. You're teaching them what you think about these things by your actions. And by the way, you will learn, those that have younger children, you're going to find out just how much they picked up as they get older. And you're going to realize they were watching and paying more attention than you ever gave them credit for. And yet, a father and a mother who are capable of working and will leave their children in neglect because they're lazy is a travesty. Not just in the temporal things, but in the spiritual things, maybe even more importantly. To neglect your child's soul because you're spiritually apathetic. You know what that means for you? That means you have to be diligent in the Word. If you want to teach your children the Word, you've got to be diligent in the Word and not be lazy about how you approach Scripture. Whatever you think your Bible study and knowledge needs to be of how you study, you probably need to double it. You're never going to learn enough that you're going to know it all. We understand that. But teach your children not only to not be lazy in temporal things, but teach them not to be lazy in spiritual things. A righteous man is not a lazy man, but a diligent worker. He's righteous. One of the evidences of a diligent man is his generosity. 
The Bible teaches us that the righteous person is a giving person. The righteous is not only a diligent worker, and he not only provides for himself, but he does so that he might also give to the poor. The exact opposite is the lazy man who does nothing but covets, but won't do anything about it. He won't work. I love what is said in Acts chapter 20, if you want to turn there briefly. I love this passage of Scripture and how Paul words this and how it was stated. Acts 20 verse 33 says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, Paul's entire ministry was about seeing the blessedness of giving. It's much more blessed to give than it is to receive. The lazy man wants, covets continually, but he doesn't give. The lazy man wants to receive continuously without working for it. The righteous man works hard and gives away abundantly to whom is poor and needy. There's a lot of very practical applications this morning. There's a lot of things that we could, we could take home and, and, and think about these things. But I want you to see what the Apostle Paul actually spoke in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Again, with regard to this principle of working. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. One of the quickly glossed over verses. Paul says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. It's in the midst of also calling out people in verse 11 who are referred to as the disorderly, or my translation puts it as busybodies. 12, verse 12, Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. And ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet count him as not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. The, the believers here were not only, Paul says, if, if you don't work, you should not eat. But he also reminds them, do not grow tired. Do not grow fatigued in do, doing good and doing well. But you'll notice, we're very, quickly, we're very quick to say, you know, people that walk disorderly, you should, you should separate yourself from them. Don't walk with them. But do you realize it's in the same context that a lazy person, a person who will not work, is put in the same context as a person who walks disorderly? Now, how many times have you ever heard that in a church discipline setting where a person was called out because of their laziness? 
I've never heard it a single time. I've been in church all my life. I've never, ever, ever heard anybody corrected for their laziness. And yet that's exactly what Paul says at the church of Thessalonica. It's walking disorderly. It's walking contrary to the scripture. We're quick to get the busybodies out, the people who meddle in our affairs, the people. But again, same context. So think about the seriousness of what this is. The scripture says, This we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Friends, I hope this morning that we do see how intensely practical this is, but I also hope we see the real danger is spiritual apathy. To become lazy. To to expect, I want all the blessings of God. I want all the good things of God. But I don't want to have to work for them. I don't want to have to dig the Scriptures for myself. I want someone to do that for me. As I've said, it's it's a cliched example. But if I was to tell you, you only get to eat physical food one day per week, none of you are agreeing to that. But yet, we think we can come on church on a Sunday morning and eat one time, and you think that's enough. And you think, I've diligently studied the Word of God because I went to church and I was fed once. It's not nearly enough. You have to feed yourself every day. Bible study is actually work. Digging into the Scriptures is work. It might require you to spend weeks on a particular verse. And that's okay. You might, it may take you, pardon the expression, it, you may have to chew on that for weeks before God fully reveals to you what you need to know out of that. We just want something, we want, again, pardon the expression, we just want fast food spiritual things. We, we, just, we just want to drive through quickly and we want all the blessings of God, but I, I'm not going to pick my scriptures up throughout the week. I, I get fed on Sunday. There's no doubt in my mind if the last time you were in the Word of God was last Sunday or even on Wednesday, you're starving. You're starving spiritually. Because this is where you get the food. This is where you get what you need. The gathering of the the church together, it is feeding on the Word, but it's not enough. Don't be lazy in your spiritual walk with God. Don't be lazy in your to getting close to what the Lord has for us. Desire it, as David said, desire His Word more than your necessary food. Just like you would never consider only eating once a week, don't consider just being in God's Word once a week. It'll never be enough. It'll bring you to a place where not only will you not get what you want, you actually will find yourself losing. You will lack the very things in which you need. I hope this will be very practical and helpful to us this morning. Let's pray together.